0: Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your children, and your partner. We are going to give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. This is Felicia Allen. I'm a social media marketer, writer, and mom to three boys ages 5, 3, and 18 months. And I'm Tara Lynn Griffin, an
1: English professor turned stay-at-home mom to four kids ages 10, 8, 5, and 3. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you, our awesome listeners. Let's find the magic together.
0: All right, everyone, I'm going to start us off with a high five today. But first, we have a special guest today, and that is my sister-in-law, Terrell and sister, Kaylin. Mm-hmm. and she's been on the podcast before on our episode on our best Parenting advice when we were in Oregon, um, and we just love having her, so we had to have her back. And she just to refresh your memory has a her first baby who is five months old, um, and his he's so cute. Today we are going to um, talk about kind of battling the understimulation, boredom, loss of self self in. Motherhood, and so Caitlin's in the trenches of first going into that transition, so we Mm -hmm. thought she'd be perfect. Um, but I'm gonna start us off with a high five, and that is yesterday I had a work call, and um, my (laughs) Lenny, my three year old, he is hilarious. I was just him and Cohen were just playing while I was on the call, and all of a sudden I was like, it's really quiet, and I look over, and Cohen's this sitting on the couch, and I'm like, where's Lynn, you know? He's like, I don't know. So I get off my call, go up, and he just put himself down for a nap in his bed.
1: (laughs) So cute.
0: (laughs) Like, on his – we just made Christmas pillows, and he chose – a pillowcase that's, like, <laughs> cats with Jingle Bell. It's, like, Santa hats on. It's, like, all cat faces. His Christmas kitty pillow. He's just, like, on it. Surrounded by all his kitty stuffed oh, animals with, like, his blankie no. just asleep. <laughs> I'm, so like, oh, my gosh. You get all the high fives. He, he is, is the only three-year-old I know nature who puts himself, himself to sleep. Recognizes yeah. he needs a an nap and does he's it. He's always been crazy about sleep and I love him for it. <laughs> yeah, and I funny. love that he loves kitties. We now call, so he
1: calls underdogs on the swing under kitties. Yeah. Oh, so now you. we all call them that, me and all my kids. And we think of Lennon every time. He's just so he cute. Is obsessed with cats. It's so yeah. cute. <clears throat> I love
2: it. Yeah. um Yeah. And so my high five. So because I just had the baby, I just feel like. Anyway, I, I've really, well, before I had my baby, I really wanted to get into rock climbing and I feel like I've gone through waves of it. And, but since having the baby, I had this goal that in the month of September, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go rock climbing. And then September came and went and then October (laughs) came and went. And like, here we are in the middle of November. And I've had like some friends ask me, but it just feels like it never works out. And so anyway, so this Saturday was really nice. I talked to my husband. I was like, hey, I have some friends who invited me. And he was like, you have to go. He's like, you've got to go. <laughs> we have a lot going on right now with just like we're remodeling our house. We just, you know, we had a baby. He's five months old now. But. My husband was really supportive and was like, "You, you've got to go. Like, you got to make it happen. Like, this is something you really want to get into." And so that was really good because I was able to go, hang out with some friends, Huge. and rock climbed, and
0: that was a good, that was a good high five for me. That's awesome. It's, it's hard deep. to te- tear yourself away too when you have a new baby.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. no, it was like to want to even. Yeah, yeah even totally. though you want
0: to do the thing, it's hard to do the thing. Uh-huh. <laughs>
1: totally. No, that was it. So that's
0: awesome. And even that's leading good.
1: up to leaving, do you feel this at all? I almost when I have a baby, I feel oh, like a little anxious. like, yeah, a little. I did. Yeah. Heart squeeze. Like, I'm almost dreading going. And then when I go, I'm glad I did. Yeah. But it's like a, it's kind of an anxious feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yep. I didn't really expect that for myself, honestly. But yeah, like, just before I had a baby, but I totally feel it now. And right before I was going, like, I felt like I was, like, talking to Cam. I'm like, I don't know. Because it was all the way out in Draper. You know, it was like a, it was a long drive which was, yeah, that was another thing. And I was like, I don't know, is it okay? Like, should Mm -hmm. I go? And he's like, I am more than capable of, like, (laughs) loving him. And, like, just how you, you know, I can do it. I was like, okay, you're right. I can do it. Like,
1: and it was great. It was awesome. And, but, yeah, it it was a little bit of a a pull. It's hard. My theory is that there are a few times in my life where I felt instincts. You know, I feel like most things I do, I've learned, or it feels like I've learned them. But when I had my first baby, that instinct as soon as she was born, to be like close and mm-hmm. not leave her was a very strong. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like it's like a in my DNA instinct, mm-hmm. yep. and it's kind of cool to feel an instinct, and yet it's still very hard than when you want to go somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> so oh. not to not feel that like heart mm-hmm. squeeze. Totally. Anyway, well, my face palm, guys, this is obviously, I'm learning a lot about myself sharing <laughs> these high fives and face palms because I clearly have threads in my life that I really need to address. <laughs> Patterns, if you will. And this pattern I have had since I was a kid. When I stay up too late, I then go into a point of I'm just gonna not go to bed at all. Feeling, I don't know if <laughs> so it's because weird. I'm past it. <laughs> I don't know if it's because I'm dreading getting ready for bed. Like I'm too tired. I don't want to wash my face. So therefore, I think just like sitting stay awake, sitting off. there awake is a better choice. <laughs> or if it's because I I don't want to wake up in the morning and feel tired. I don't like that feeling. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I'll just also put that off by just sitting here awake. Logically, (laughs) makes no sense. But, and you guys already know this about me. I've shared it with you. But it's a pattern, obviously. But my face palm is that last night I modeled this pattern to my 10-year-old. So we got back last night. She's performing the Nutcracker this week, ballet. And it's lovely. We get back. We got back last night. It's late. And we have to. I have to wash my face. And I have to put curlers, like do her hair, put curlers in her hair before she goes to bed. Oh, my And then she has to wear curlers to school so that she can be ready for the performance tonight. So we have to do this every night this week. So I know we get home. I'm feeling tired. She's feeling tired. But I know we still have probably at least a half an hour of, like, preparations before bed Mm -hmm. to get her ready for the next day. So, guys, what do I do? (laughs) She's, like, talking about some cute dog breeds. And she's like, hey, let's look up what a Pomsky would mixed with a cavapoo would look like. So, you know, oh I'm, like, pulling up pictures online. We're looking at him laughing, ooing, awing. 20 minutes go by. And I'm like, okay, we have to go up and start putting in curlers. Then she's like, but then I'm like, okay, hold on a second. Podcast morning is tomorrow. Let's make sure I've signed your planner for school so that in the morning, like, we're not feeling stress. So she gets mm-hmm. set out her planner. Then guess what we do? Practice writing pretty cursive in her planner for another 20 minutes like she's trying to mimic my signature and then I'm mimicking her signature and we're talking about like calligraphy and again so then at this point we're just on the floor in the family like where you walk into our house and then I start giggling because it's late and I'm tired and I'm like we have got we just spent 40 minutes looking at puppies and (laughs) writing our names in cursive like what are we doing and so they were both laughing so it was like a fun bonding thing i was like okay this is a good example of what not to do (laughs) i'm obviously dreading getting ready for bed let's just do it so we get up go and got ready for bed and it was fine but guys i modeled that pattern and it would get again it was fun but like why why did i do that and what's my problem why can't i once i get to that point why do i just keep keep staying awake and then she goes to bed what did i do oh no oh no daydream for another hour in the bathroom after i'm done like i've washed my face and then i'm just like
0: this is why jeff thinks your nighttime routine is so extensive (laughs) you're not really doing anything
1: just sitting there. Because I dread going to sleep knowing I'm not gonna be well rested in the morning. There really is something about it. So it was twelve thirty. Twelve thirty. Oh. Which is probably two hours later than I had to go to bed last night. Oh because mercy. I knew I'd be waking up to come podcast and I'd be too tired, so therefore I'll just put off the going to sleep. so I never have to face the waking up. It makes no sense. What's my problem? I don't know. That is funny. Oh my gosh. Do either sense. of you guys do that? No. No, not that. No, I don't have that. If I'm tired, I just go to sleep.
2: Me too. In fact, a, I fall
1: asleep wherever I'm a, I am. It's the routine, yeah. Oh my heavens! If I'm going to bed and I know I'm going to get enough sleep, I'm really good at like routine yeah. to bed, no procrastinating. Yeah. But once I know I'm going to be tired in the morning, I just, that just keep, keep going. Put it off oh my gosh it's not good I, I really need to address this on myself but I've been doing it now for I think 15 years so I don't know if yeah. I just keep it going oh or what. I don't know. that is so do you think funny. it has
2: something to do with being a mom and the fact that like that time is kind of like yeah. a precious time so you're kind of extending yeah. the alone time I well
0: don't know. I would say yes but I also did it in high school so okay because I, mean. okay. I fill that with oh my yeah. gosh I only like after that i to bed I, like, get excited. I'm like, what are we going to do? Yeah. Activities. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Jeff, when I first had – so I did it in high school, and I remember my dad being like, are you going to go to bed? And I'm like, meh, I think I'm just going to sit here with my eyes open for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I did do that in high school, but since I've had babies – I mean, Jeff, I remember being like, you are so tired. It's 10. Why don't you just go to bed? And I'm like – because if I close my eyes – Literally, it's it going to feel like two seconds, and it's going to begin, <laughs> and I'm going to be up with a baby, and then it's going to be morning time, and yeah. I'm going to be starting the day tired, and I don't want to do that. <laughs> and he's looking at me like, I don't get you, but okay, <laughs> do your thing, whatever you want to do. Yeah. But yeah, there's something about facing the night. Yeah. And for a mom, it's a, I'm facing a 24-hour period, yes. and I'm feeling this moment right now. Everything's quiet. The yes. beautiful stillness. Yes, Can I just maximize it? So. Yeah, it's it's accentuated it since I've had children, but I had the tendency
0: before, anyways. Because I totally feel that, and especially when, or especially when you have little babies, you're waking up multiple Mm -hmm. times a night, and really is going to be two seconds till you wake up. It's like, why even go to sleep, right? You know, and then you look at the next day, and you're like there's no chance for resting <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> tomorrow. Like there's totally. no chance. Yes. It's oh. like
1: when you lay down for a nap and you know you only have 20 minutes and then five minutes go by and you oh. fall
2: asleep. Oh. It's all It it's makes worse. it worse. Yeah. Oh. Then you really can't go to sleep because you're <laughs> just, yeah, you know
0: it's too late. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of like that. Oh, well, I'm sorry. And I'm also laughing at the modeling thing because I was t- telling in last episode, but I saw the funniest meme that I can't get over and think about it every single day. And it was Dwight from the office. And it said, (laughs) all the parenting experts say, model behavior and the kids will follow. False. (laughs) (laughs) They see me cleaning. They do not clean. (laughs) (laughs) And I like think about it every single day (laughs) of my life. The modeling is so funny, Uh, because that's true. (laughs) They don't clean. (laughs) Okay, so down to the business. Um, We wanted to first share our just personal stories of our transitions um, into motherhood and how it affected um, us mentally and our our minds and our... For me, it was a little bit of self-worth too, like that balance between... I know this is a really important thing that I'm doing, but also I'm giving up a lot to do it. Am I get, anyways, so my story of my transition is when I had my first and I had Cohen I definitely um I was really excited and I loved him but I definitely felt understimulated and bored with um the day to day of having a baby the day to day of the of the caregiving and I often had this thought come in of like just I'm just being a mom just like that mm-hmm. word like mm-hmm. I've got to be able to do something else, you know? Um, and in that time when he was little, I was also, I was working full-time from home, so I was with him, but I still was feeling that, like, under like, I would work and take care of him, but I was still, like, my brain was craving, whether it be adult stimulation, learning, doing anything. Like, I remember being home and seeing people, like, going off, doing things, like driving away, going to wherever they're going. I'm like, What are you doing? (laughs) Why is everybody doing stuff? And I'm not doing anything. Yeah. (laughs) Why are you leaving? Um, but yeah, and then the guilt comes in of, Oh no, but like, I'm feeling guilty now because I'm wanting more, but I have this little baby who I love. Um and so it's definitely a different kind it was it was a huge transition for me to reach and I don't know if I've fully reached the place of uh, brain stimulated contentment, but um, I've found a lot of tricks that have helped me. But it definitely was I, when I talked to my husband, it's a different kind of exhausting. You're totally understimulated, mm-hmm. but you're exhausted. Mm-hmm. So then you almost feel like, but why? Like I'm not even doing anything. And so that was my, my transition into motherhood, the pain points of it. Mm -hmm. that's how I felt.
1: You're kind of like your mind is understimulated and your body is almost overstimulated. Right. Because you have so much contact and your body's giving so much. Right. It's like an interesting, you're physically exhausted. It's not balanced.
2: (laughs) I actually had a friend. Yeah. So a friend, she just had a baby in October, end of October. And I was reaching out to her to see how she was doing. And she sends me this beautiful picture of her cute baby. And then um Aww. and she's yeah he's, so so cute. he's really cute and she's like I she's like he's pretty chill and I'm like well that's awesome but like how are you doing and she basically said that that it was like in short so tired and so bored and one of the things that she said that totally I think resonates with a lot of people and what you're saying Felicia is she said emotionally struggling with staying at home all day and feeling bored and unproductive I'm I'm trying to be present and enjoy this time, but cabin fever is real. Mm-hmm. It hasn't even been 3 weeks. How do people do this? <laughs> My brain wants to do things, but I'm so physically exhausted. Yeah. And I think that that yeah, cuz you really mm-hmm. are. Like I f- I feel like especially in those first weeks and months, mm-hmm. you're so physically tired.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And yet, but yet your brain yes. your brain still needs
0: some exercise. Yeah. Yes. So your brain's exactly. still hungry. I yep. love that. That's yeah. like I feel like her and I We were soul sisters there. Yeah. And I'm totally, totally normal. I think that's just... Yeah. Yeah. Um, So we are each going to share kind of our transition into it. And then we're going to talk about some tips. So we won't leave you guys hanging. So Caitlin's going to share her. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So for me, when I was kind of thinking about this, um, because, yeah, what was mentioned before, my baby's five months old now. And... um, I, I actually find myself, I have felt really content and I almost feel like my time of life is really tranquil right now. Like I feel like it slowed me down, but I've kind of liked the slower pace of life. So in that way, I feel like even though it is less stimulating than maybe what I was doing before, I've, I've really enjoyed it. I feel pretty content with it. But I think my thing that I'm figuring out in this transition is like I almost feel like I don't have anything to contribute in conversations or I don't know like. Is, like, do I still have a personality? Because I almost feel like when I hang out with friends or family, I feel like sometimes it's, like, what did I do today? I, like, looked at my baby and <laughs> I changed his diaper. And, like, I feel like – and these guys know, like, my most exciting thing is, like, did he poop this week because there was, like, a while where he wasn't pooping for a few weeks. Anyway, you know, like, weird things where it's, like, for me, that's what's going on in my life. And for me, it actually is kind of exciting because it's my whole life and it's so big. It's such a big focus. Mm-hmm. But – um but I don't know if like other people really care as Mm -hmm. much about that. So I think it's figuring out like, yeah, what do I still have a personality? Am I still in there or am I being kind of consumed in motherhood? And I want to make sure that I'm not losing myself in it. Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of like one of the biggest things that I've, that I'm figuring out with this transition. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's kind of been interesting for me. And I think too, like figuring out like between anxiety of, like, if he cries or fusses, it's like, why is he crying or fussing? And I feel like I always have to find a reason, but I think I'm, like, coming to realize, like, it's okay. It's okay mm-hmm. if I don't know. But, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. These are all part of, like, the transition of figuring out, yeah, what how to
1: how to go through this, this mother thing, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something I love and I admire about the way watching you, mother, is that you are really being present and, like, I feel like eating him up. You know what I mean? Like just I, I mean I came to your house the other day and he's like we've just been staring into each other's eyes <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? yeah just getting some good eye contact some face time so yeah. the reason why we're all sharing our different experiences here I love it because Felicia had one experience and Caitlin's having a totally different experience and hopefully there's parts of our experiences that you guys can relate to and as we talk though if you're have if you're like I'm not feeling any of these things there's there's this whole spectrum of motherhood and really all our goal here is just to help you feel like whatever you're feeling is normal and also give you some tips to help you feel whole as you go through it. Because I feel like there are a few things that we do in life. That's more soul investing than parenting. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're like, sometimes I feel like I'm pouring my whole soul into these little humans. Yeah. And, and especially when they're babies, when it's just, yeah, so much of you, so much of your heart and your body goes to the baby and um anyway i i it's a balance to find out how to stay whole while Mm -hmm. doing that and so i love it that felicia is totally aware of and she was even aware i mean i remember when she had cohen she was so aware of this part is not enough for me right now and so she did specific things to fulfill her and watching caitlin just eat her little baby up has been such a joy to have and yet you're still self-aware enough to be able to ask yourself the questions of, am I am I still feeling whole or not? And I almost think, I think half of these things, not having the answer isn't the key. Mm-hmm. Really just being able to ask yourself the question and being aware, being aware is. So mm-hmm. I admire both of you for those different things. But my experience when I transitioned into having my first baby, um, I would say I'm probably somewhere in the middle of Felicia and Caitlin. I felt way under stimulated with my mind. I didn't have the social network that I have now. I had one really good friend who lived two houses down who also had a baby, but really besides her, I, I didn't have really any other adults that I saw regularly. And my husband's job at the time was kind of like, sometimes he'd come home at a normal time, sometimes he'd come home late. And I mean, I remember like bawling my eyes out one day because he had to stay late at work and nobody had seen me I'm gonna cry (laughs) me or my baby and like she I'd gotten her all dressed and she was all cute and I was like crying as I was putting Uh in her pajamas like nobody even saw you yeah nobody saw your bow and and I'm just feeling like everything I'm doing I'm pouring my soul into this little human and I I feel like it's worthwhile and I I know she's not even going to remember it, Mm -hmm. but I know that even though she can't remember it, it's still going into her soul. So it's worthwhile. Like I felt like I knew that deep down, but I still felt like, but like nobody else can see it. Nobody else besides me is ever going to remember this, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so as I had more kids, I felt like I deepened my social network. And so I didn't have that craving to talk to adults as much. Mm -hmm. I mean, now I feel like I really have a thriving really great support group of other mothers who I see regularly, specifically the ones in this room. And, um, and also some other really great ones that I feel like I don't, I don't feel that like emptiness of, I just need to have a conversation with a person who can talk back to me. You know Mm -hmm, what I mean? And mm I, and I'm a really social person and I like to talk about intellectual things. And even though anyway, so that was probably my hardest part of being, um, a mother to a new baby. But one thing I was, pleasantly surprised about. And this is kind of connecting to what Caitlin's experience. I, um, I had a job that I loved. I mean, I loved it, loved it. And I was, I didn't know what I was going to do when I had her. Um, my boss was so awesome. And she just said, I was teaching at college. I was teaching English and she was like, you can just do whatever you want. Like your job is still here whenever you want. If it's in a few months, if it's in a few years. So she was so great. And one thing I was pleasantly surprised with Besides that understimulation of not having adult time, I was very pleasantly surprised how much I loved connecting with my baby. Mm -hmm. So I know I'm painting like two different pictures here, but it was like a contrast of these really two strong emotions of, I'm feeling like I'm not talking to enough adults, and yet I'm so in love with this little creature that this is, I also feel like the most meaningful thing I have ever done in my life. So it's really a paradox. I I feel Mm -hmm. like mothering is Mm -hmm. oftentimes a paradox where... I have these two conflicting things. And anyway, as I've gone along, I feel like I have found some things that have really helped on my other babies. But that's kind of, that was kind of my coming, coming into motherhood experience. And one thing that I thought then, and we're going to talk about a lot of different tips, but one thing that I thought then that I still think now that has definitely been part of my experience is I picture having a newborn And small children in your home as a time where in order to stay whole, it's important to still be aware of yourself. And I actually look at it as a time where I'm like holding embers in the fire and I'm keeping those embers alive. I might not be like delving into a lot of the other things. I'm doing a lot of stuff at home with my kids. But um, those outside things that make me feel like a whole adult person. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like I'm just like blowing on those embers, like keeping them alive Mm -hmm. for a time where I can add more wood to that Mm -hmm. fire. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a theme that you'll see as we talk about all the concrete tips. Um, It's kind of you find the season that you're in and you you get to decide how alive you want that fire to be. Mm -hmm. But I think an important
0: thing is not to let them go out completely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I love that. All right. We're going to take a break and we'll come back with um, some tips that have helped us.
1: So the question is, as we go throughout parenthood, how can we stay whole? How can we sometimes get back that sense of self that some of us feel like we lose a little bit? And we've kind of broken it down into three different categories. One is focusing on growth on the inside of ourselves through self-care and keeping our passion
0: embers glowing and cultivating social relationships. Mm -hmm. So we're going to kind of break it down to some like concrete little tips. Um, my, one of my favorites is, and we have an episode all about finding pockets of peace in your parenting day. Um, but basically just the concept of, sometimes we were talking about earlier how the night before when you're trying to go to bed, you look at the next day and you're like, it's just a full day of mm-hmm. endlessness. Mm-hmm. Um, I have found that if I can work in sometimes throughout the day that I know okay, I'm not going to be taking care of a human in that time. Um, it really, really helps me. So one obvious example of this is nap time slash quiet time when your kids get older. But I've also found um, <clears throat> that there's some other times that work for me, and I think every family is different. But when your kids get used to the rhythm of the day being a certain way, Mm -hmm. they do kind of wander off and do their own thing and you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, whoa, I am here alone. Mm -hmm. So sometimes for me are after breakfast and we do like some reading and connecting, then usually my kids, they've gotten used to, okay, we've had a lot of connection here and they kind of do some, Free playing time. They're little, so they're non school. And even my 18 month old has caught on to this, and I will do a little pickup and kind of get, I put off getting dressed. For a long time, and when I get home, I also get undressed. Mm-hmm. So this is talking about like ten thirty or eleven, mm-hmm. Then I get dressed. I'm ready, but I'm then, you know, I have that little pocket. I'll see Felicia <laughs> maybe
1: three or four times a day. Sometimes with you know pick up for school, mm-hmm. and every time she's in a different outfit, like,
0: a <laughs> different comfort
1: pajamas, <the> <laughs> cute outfit, then back to a more comfortable day outfit, and
0: then another outfit in the night. <laughs> Some so serious awesome. problem. Serious problem. Comfort above all else. Um, and then another pocket of piece for me in my day is not always but a lot of the times when I'm making dinner I listen to like a fun book and my kids are being crazy but they don't usually interrupt me that much and it's like such a nice I'm like oh okay listen to my book and it makes that Usually hard time of day, a lot better for me. Ooh. So anyways, those are just some little tips. But if you can carve out little sections of time where your kids are aware of, okay, my mom's not going to be tending to my every need in this mm-hmm. moment. It takes some adjusting, but it has really helped me.
1: Mm-hmm. Totally. I love that. So you guys have heard me say this, I don't know, two dozen times, <laughs> but it's worth saying again. Morning time is the space for when I, when we talk about self-care, we're not talking about things that cost money, although there's nothing wrong with those things. Um, we're talking about filling up your soul. And for me, the best time, hands down, for filling up your soul is that morning, You can we call it miracle morning or your power hour. And so for me, that is, no matter what, non-negotiable. When my, when my babies are small... And again, I mean, I've probably been doing this habit for a few years now, so mm-hmm. I can't apply it to my first baby. It probably would have helped a lot, but for my last several babies, um, even when they're tiny, I still do a small miracle morning. Mm-hmm. And and that, what it does for me is it connects with. I'm connecting with myself. I'm filling up my spirit by connecting with God, and I'm also inspiring my mind by mm-hmm. reading things mm-hmm. that make me better Mm -hmm. and journaling. So again, for us, and we have gone through this extensively. So if you want to recap, go to any of our morning routine episodes, but just as a recap, it's silence or meditation, affirmations, visualization, some kind of exercise, reading and scribing or writing is the other word. So literally those for me are non-negotiable. The way that I do not lose my wholeness Mm -hmm. and so and they can Mm -hmm. apply to any stage of life so whether you do that short or long um for me I mean that's huge it literally it literally fills my soul and it's the way I I don't know I feel like a totally different person when I'm out of the habit of doing those things so Mm -hmm. that is a huge part of self-care filling up your your and taking care of your body because exercise is part of Mm -hmm. taking care of your body there Mm -hmm. so even if it's just i mean we talked about this but when my babies are small i mean i'm talking like it's like a one minute i do some push-ups some stretching, maybe some <laughs> jumping jacks you know mm-hmm. what i mean or yoga flow but i mean now i'm i'm like way into my thing i'm doing now that takes much longer mm-hmm. but i love it mm-hmm. and but it makes my body our body and our minds are so our bodies our minds and our spirits really so connected. it's impossible to take out the care of one without affecting the care of the others
0: Right. And I think when you first have when you have your first baby you can do this you know, when they're little, before they're mobile, if you're like, I can't even wake up seven minutes before them, just lay yes. them on a blankie right by you. you do the yes. whole thing. Yeah. And,
1: you know, I actually found that I loved with babies. For me, yeah, morning was really rough, actually. Um, but especially on your first, there's way other times during the day that you can choose. Yeah. yeah. Totally. On my second, I always had to do morning because then it just, I was so with tired by time. the time napkin can- time came around that I just wanted to go right to sleep. But, um, I have found... Have you guys ever tried meditating in the same room as your baby sleeping? mm No. So you can't lay in your bed or else you'll fall asleep. But, wow. Talk about, like, channeling into a really great energy. Peace. Babies mm. just emanate, like, angelic energy. And if so, if you're not too sleepy, so, like, sometimes it would be maybe 10 in the morning or something during my baby's first nap. Just go in for 15 minutes and sit against a wall in the same room as her. And you're feeling, like, all this love and... They smell delicious while they're sleeping. I don't know, like it's just this really great place to meditate. So, if you guys are out there, try a, while they're during their morning nap. You don't have to take the whole morning nap and meditate, but like try that. It's I love the ner meditating <gasps> while they're nursing. Yeah, I was
2: actually gonna say that because they're just yes. you're in
1: a really still place. They're mm-hmm. really relaxed. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you're feeling lots love of love. Yeah. And you're, you're actually literally having the hormone release of oxytocin, Mm -hmm. which is that like love and connection. So yeah, Mm -hmm. that's a great time to meditate. You're not actually having to take out extra time, Mm -hmm. but you're not just scrolling on your phone, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you can take that time too. And, and it's not multitasking. In fact, you're just deepening your presence, Mm -hmm. which is really cool. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. I actually feel like, so speaking of the morning time, I, there are some mornings where I wake up before my baby, but there's a lot of mornings where I just wake up when he wakes up for the last time to eat and yeah so I do find I I've learned to just kind of do that miracle morning at another time either sometimes he is awake for it but sometimes it's just when he goes back to sleep because then I'm now less tired you know I'm mm-hmm. less tired for it so yeah and kind of with that something that I feel like has really helped me is journaling and I feel like throughout my whole life like that's something that's always kind of a, a stress reliever because not only is it like cathartic for me in the moment to just be able to get out some feelings and and emotions and kind of like work out my thoughts. But I actually have had, I had a really cool experience in the last couple weeks where I, um, I was kind of reflecting, it's been five years since I got, so I served a mission for my church, um, and it's been five years since I got home from that mission. And so, and it was here in November and I was just kind of reflecting on that time of my life and what was going on at the time. And I, I actually had a friend who, um, she, she had to go into, get some treatment and I the only way that I could reach her was through emails and so I had written her some emails at that time and I was thinking about that like I was like oh yeah I remember where she was and I went and I looked up those emails that I had written and they were kind of like little journal entries I'd wrote written down what was going on in my life at that time and also just like some some inspiring thoughts and my friend actually never really replied to those emails but as I was reading them now um, it was really cool because it actually felt like they were letters to myself. Like I mm-hmm. felt like I, my myself five years ago was writing to myself now and I was, right now I, I have a lot of things that are kind of going on that was just, I don't know, kind of causing me some stress and anxiety. And so it was really perfect because I felt like I had a whole new meaning to like that journal writing. Not only was it helpful for me at the time, but I felt like then now looking back at it, it, was so uplifting for me now. Like, my old self was mm-hmm. being a friend to myself now. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like in that way, it's given me a lot of peace and, like,
0: um, enlightenment mm-hmm. at this time in my life, mm-hmm. too. I love that. I love reading my old journal entries. Mm-hmm. I really, it's sometimes when I'm writing them in the moment, I'm like, why am I even doing this? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then when I go back and read them, it's like... Mm-hmm wow, you can see the progress you made. You can see whatever. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I actually love it when really... I like
1: almost impress
0: myself like, wow, that was quite inspired. Like, yeah. <laughs> just what you're explaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got, like, wow, uh,
1: yeah. oh, that's actually a lot deeper than I remember it. Yeah. Being, you know? <laughs> yeah totally. Really cool. totally. 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 So that was really good for me. I love that. And <clears throat> another key that I think we're talking about feeding our soul is feeding our mind. Mm-hmm. So we obviously are proponents of reading books and there's something about stimulating our mind that just helps keep us, our minds, healthy and strong and keeps us interesting to ourselves. Totally. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah,
2: so something that I feel like really, um, I know Felicia and Terilyn have both talked about this, and I feel like I learned about it from Terilyn. but this little Focus Power headset that's just the Bluetooth guy, it is something. And I feel like I had it before I had a baby, and it was great. I used it. But um, I feel like after having a baby, you definitely need your hands free a lot. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's that same thing that we've talked about where, like, you're physically really tired, but you feel like you need to feed your mind. And that has been really helpful for me, too, just to be able to have that headset mm-hmm. so I can have – I can, like, be learning, and I feel like I'm contributing, like, building myself up mentally mm-hmm. while I'm still doing other things, you know, that, mm-hmm. that I can be doing while taking care of my baby or whatever.
0: And we link to it always in our <laughs> – it's always in our show notes. It's awesome. Yeah. It's so, great. yeah, it's really great. And
1: they're also mm-hmm. not, like, one of our like, – we should actually reach out to them. We should.
0: <laughs> guys need to sponsor. We honestly <laughs> just love them. So, anyway. Yeah, this is not a paid ad. Um, okay. And another tip that um, I love, and I feel like – okay, so it's to keep your friendships alive and find, like, your mom friends and tribe that can support you. Sometimes I don't like the word tribe. It's kind of corny, but – Whatever, I'm against the cheese, but <laughs> Felicia doesn't like anything <laughs> that even like smells of cheese. Corniness.
1: We'll like watch some really cute show, and she's like, "No, that no. Was too, much. <laughs> too cheesy." <laughs> Didn't you guys
0: think that was too happy? We're like, "No." <laughs> In fact, I'm reading a so book cheating. right now that everybody is loving, but I'm cheesed out by it. <laughs> <laughs> like if it ends really well, I'll be like, "Oh, it ended so great!" And she's like. <laughs> <Too> cheese <much. laughs> should have killed that guy off <laughs> anyways all right so but yes the mom tribe get a sticker for your back your car um but I remember when I first had Cohen he was like six months and Carolyn was like invited me to the park with a bunch of people from her neighborhood and in my mind I'm like why would I go to the park with a bunch of people and their children who are playing at the park my baby can't even move yet he's just Mm -hmm. laying there (laughs) by me um and i think i don't know you go through your whole life with adult interactions talking to people at school at your job talking to adults but then all of a sudden you become a parent and it just plateaus you're like not talking to another human the whole day like was talking about earlier and i think it's really important to find um, those people that you can connect with and have social interactions with early on. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it will click and you'll be like, oh my gosh, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. I have Yeah, Because yeah. that's you know? kind
2: of where I'm at right now because my baby doesn't, you know, he just sits on my lap. So when I do go to picnics or different things mm-hmm. like that, like at the park with people, it really is just more, it's not that he's necessarily going away and he, like I have Enjoy. a long time without him kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's that I do get that, yeah, that social interaction with other people and Mm -hmm. i am able to then i feel like i have like a good space to be able to talk about like hey i'm actually like i don't know how to do like i don't know what i'm doing
1: here and anyway that's Mm -hmm. been really helpful Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes two things with this one i didn't again do it well with my first baby because again i'm not bringing yeah i'm not bringing my baby to the park to play but it wasn't until she was old enough to play with other kids that i realized it like opened up the world for me i had these great neighbors and we Mm -hmm. all had kids about the same age and it was the first time i was like hold on a second my kids having fun and I'm connecting. Like, mm-hmm. This is a game changer. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm like Felicia had her first baby and I'm like, come <laughs> join us. You have to feel this because I didn't feel it at all, really, mm-hmm. very much with my first baby. Mm-hmm. So those of you mothers out there who don't have like toddlers who can play at the park yet, I think it's still worthwhile mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. still Space. reach out to moms who do have kids who are old enough. And say, when do you guys go to the park? Mm-hmm. Because I want to join you with yeah. my baby. Yeah. Because it's still for it's It's for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not. Yeah. And you, the, your baby will get some outdoor <laughs> vitamin D and it'll be great. Oh, yeah. But that that is something. Had it, Could I go back to my, those first two years of my first baby's life? I would have reached out more then mm-hmm. to actually have yeah. that kind of connection. Mm-hmm. And one thing here to know, I'll actually link to this really cool article I read about um, tribes of women and that is this woman went to different uh cultures i haven't shared mm-hmm. this here right about she was studying why do you like other cultures for example have more success rates with breastfeeding mm-hmm. than us developed countries and so she went and she thought that she would find the something in their genetics or something was making it easier for mm-hmm. them and what she found guys is that they, the actual percentage of like for example I'm just going to talk about breastfeeding is the one example in it but say like cracked nipples mm-hmm. there was actually no less cracked nipples in the groups, the cultures that have higher success rates for breastfeeding than those with lower success rates and by success rate I mean if you want to keep doing it but you can't for some mm-hmm. reason mm-hmm. if you choose not to that's great too, whatever there's, there's no judgment here on what you're choosing I'm just using this as an example but it wasn't that the complications were any less. It was that the, the women who stuck with it were women who had... I mean, they were living in places where they have their mothers and their sisters... And, and their grandmothers all nearby because they're in a village. And they can say things like, yes, that happened to me too. Try this. Mm-hmm. Or here's this ointment or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it isn't even that it was any easier. It was that they had a s- connection with other women... And it makes you not feel alone. And I feel like Mm -hmm. all the beauties that we have in living in the developed world, you know, we have all these wonderful modern day conveniences that I love and I am grateful to have them. But sometimes I feel like it makes us isolated because we don't live in a small village where we just walk outside our front door every day Mm -hmm. and we wash our clothes with our other women and we're talking Mm -hmm. with them and we're we're doing all those mothering things with other women. So yeah. I think we sometimes have to intentionally go out and create a little bit of that village, Yeah, yeah. you yeah. know, mm-hmm. and ask those questions. I'm having this problem yeah. mm-hmm. and you don't have to do it alone. I think that's the beauty of motherhood. We don't have to do it alone, but sometimes we feel like we have to. And if you mm-hmm. can just find that connection, it can be a neighbor, it can be a friend, it can be a family member, but um, other women or for you dads out there, I think there is something important about somebody who's in your same role. Yeah. So it, mm-hmm be a dad who's doing something similar to you or uh, or a stay-at-home, you know, if you're a stay-at-home dad, stay-at-home moms could feel that same mm-hmm. thing. But somebody who's going through the same experience as you, who you can say, is this normal? Mm-hmm, Do you yeah. feel like you're going crazy with this? Mm-hmm, yeah. And it just makes you feel so much better. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really validating to know that you're – I feel like that's my main thing. Like,
2: at any point during this, like, being pregnant or then just, like, having the baby, just to know that you're not alone in it, that, like, mm-hmm. other people have gone through it. Even if it doesn't look exactly the same – just even in this way to like
1: hear other people's experiences and be like, okay, like this is, it's normal, normal to maybe not feel normal yes. sometimes, you know? So mm-hmm. I love Caitlin, you know, Caitlin asks those questions all the time because it's her first baby. And I love it because she'll say, she'll just say like, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling really worried about this. Is this something I need to worry about or can I just let that worry go? And I want to say probably 90% of the time, it's like, you can just let that one go. Yeah. (laughs) That's totally normal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or this is, you know, yeah, try this or this or ask your doctor or whatever. Right. But I actually love it. Just being able to say that, like, that is a worry. Totally valid. I felt the same thing when I had my first. But trust me, you can just let that one go. Yeah. 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 And that's been really nice because I feel like, and, and you guys have said this
2: too, but like, I feel like on your first, and at least, I mean, I feel this way. It is so much of my focus. I don't have other kids to put that energy on. So it's oh, like, yeah. that is my focus. So anything happens and it's like, well, wait, like, yeah, is this normal? Like, is that okay? Should I be concerned? Like, what's mm-hmm. happening? But it is so nice to be like, and I loved how, I think one of you guys said it, that it was like, because it is your for first Like, you're going to worry just because that's, like, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. I I wish I
1: could help you not, but I just
2: do. (laughs) And I think it's validating to know that, that it's, Mm -hmm. like, you know what? It's okay that I feel – because it's, like, I don't want to feel anxious about this, but I know that I am. But then also at the same time, it's nice to be, like – but it's okay to feel Mm -hmm. that because that's also normal. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just good to, again, have that social connection to realize, like, other people are going through these same, like,
1: questions and concerns, and that's okay. Mm Yeah. Exactly. I love that. That is one thing about the first. Those of you who are out there who are experiencing your first right now, it's difficult to explain until you've had several children. But if I were, like, my last baby that I had, I didn't feel 90% of the anxieties that mm-hmm. I felt with my first baby. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. Yeah. And there's really no way to get through it besides just experience it. experiencing it yourself <laughs> yeah. and knowing that it's normal and it's okay to feel those all those worries and fears that come up, but That, you know, if they went one hour between their – extra between their feedings, it's Mm. not a big deal, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Totally. So, and I always – and I always had friends who were like, oh, I loved my – I had one friend who had a caboose, like, eight years after her other ones. And she's like, I loved it because it was, like, having my first, but I already had other ones. Mm -hmm. So I could just enjoy it Mm -hmm. but have the experience of the first. And I remember being like, what do you even mean? And now it's like, oh, I get that. That makes sense, yeah. If I had a baby right now, I could – not feel a lot most of the worries that I felt Mm -hmm. with my first but I don't know how else you can do it besides going through it yeah Yeah, totally so so this goes along with when we're talking about we talked about self-care the pillar of like social interactions and I think this is an important time to note and this goes along with self-care and social interactions but mental health maintenance I think we would be it's important to know anytime we're talking about going into parenthood that there are there's a huge spectrum guys for dads and moms, of how their emo You have this cocktail of hormones, emotions, huge life changes. Sleep
2: deprivation. Sleep
1: deprivation that can lead to whether you're just feeling a little off, a little baby blues, or full-blown postpartum depression, which we have some really close friends who have gone through, I mean, serious, serious postpartum depression. So, um, I just want to put the note out here that it's important just to be aware of how you're feeling and to share how you're feeling with somebody else. Mm-hmm. So... for for me, uh, I have a friend who struggled really so much with postpartum depression, and she did something that I thought was brilliant. Uh, She actually, once she knew, she struggled on her first with it. On her second baby, she actually told her husband. She said, and if you don't have a, a husband or somebody who's helping you, reach out to somebody else. It can be a parent, a neighbor, a friend. But she actually said, I'm going to turn my mental health over to you for this first year of life because." One of the darknesses that she noticed about feeling depressed is that she couldn't identify even what she was feeling. It's like she was in it without being able to see it. Mm -hmm. So she said, I need you to watch me and look for the signs. And if you see that I'm doing these things, I want you to set me up an appointment and like go in and see if I can get some help. Because that's one of the ironies of mental illness is that. Sometimes when you're in it, you can't really see how bad it is. Right. And it feels dark and you just can't see clearly. So I thought that was a brilliant tactic is just to really reach out to other people and talk to people about it. Mm-hmm. For me, um, sometimes for me on my second baby, she was great, but her <laughs> her big flaw, <laughs> I don't even want to call it that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Something that was unique a to her be, yeah. that i it was a struggle for me and it's, I think, fairly common is she went through a period... It was about six weeks to two months, starting when she was about... Well, actually, sorry. She had her days and nights mixed up from the beginning. But it was mainly between when she was three weeks and three months. She did. She would just be fussy from about 7 p.m. till almost midnight every night. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I'm tired. That's usually my special time, right? After you mm-hmm. put the baby down, like the beautiful stillness we were talking about. And she just... What felt right to me was to hold her while she cried that just felt the best thing to me I knew she would and I'd read enough books to know that she just it isn't like she was hungry or anything she'd fed but just she was just fussy for that period and a few weeks into this schedule of me just holding her for a few hours every night I remember during the day and this is just like a simple example but I was struggling with exhaustion and emotional fatigue and my two-year-old did something that was so cute and it's something that normally would have made me laugh and, like, feel joy on the inside. And when I looked at her, I just, like, did a fake smile. Like, I didn't Mm -hmm. feel it on the inside at all. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was like a red flag of, this is something that I normally would love, but I'm not feeling it. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel apathetic. And then I started noticing I was feeling apathetic towards a lot of things that normally would have brought me joy, but it wasn't anymore. So I went to my husband and I said... I'm feeling this, I'm feeling apathy, and I know, again, from what I've read, that that's a sign of uh, possible depression, or whatever, Mm -hmm. and so, I don't know what to do, but whatever it is, I'm feeling really apathetic, and I'm not feeling joy inside of me, like, I'm fake smiling, and I'm, and so, we put a plan together where I don't know why we didn't do this from the start, but we just started taking turns every <laughs> night, holding her. And I had actually used that time as self-care. So, yeah, I mean, I'd take a bath. I'd read a book. i do things that I knew for sure refilled my bucket, and then I'd go to sleep early. Mm-hmm. So I was replenishing my spirit and my mind and my body. And, I mean, within days, it was better. Yeah. So, And I'm not saying that to say, like, oh, all mental health things are solved just by sharing and making a plan because I know that's oversimplifying it, but I do know that sharing it with somebody is mm-hmm. a great first step mm-hmm. to totally. getting yourself the help you need mm-hmm. and being just aware of how you're feeling. And sometimes it is just you're feeling tired, so, yeah, you're not feeling joyful, and that's okay too. But I noticed, I mean, it was like a pattern of, like, I haven't felt it for yeah. a little while now, and yeah. something probably needs to change. Yeah. So, anyway, that's just a little personal example of a tip that goes back to connecting with other people don't do it alone
0: yeah yeah i think on that note um we have the social interaction but yes within your partnership um whether that's your husband or what whatever your caregiving setup is like if you can find yeah you can share um responsibilities with that other person if you have another person um and find comfort and release so Specifically, I'm talking about in marriage. If you can, I think a lot of times we try to, as moms, be just superhuman and do everything. And this is our domain. So you go to work and this is what I do if you're in that traditional setup and you're trying to um, control everything and not let your husband help, even though I think probably a lot of husbands do want to help if you ask, um, hopefully, maybe some that don't. Um, but if you can, I feel like for me, a big thing was to let, let my husband's care and his love emotionally and physically be, uh, an uplifting, like, thing that takes care of me instead of, like, another child. Yes. Because sometimes they can be put into that mm-hmm. role of, like, just another person who needs something from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Especially yeah. when you're caring for babies and you have so much physical yes. love that you're giving all the
1: time. I yes. think from mothers, it's easy for us to say, okay, I've had enough. Of, yeah. <laughs> <we're done>. I've <laughs> had enough of, like, physical, like, I've given mm-hmm. enough physically. And mm-hmm. so I think switching your mindset to this is something that's actually helping me stay whole instead Mm -hmm. of taking from me. Yeah. Um, and I just want to, I just want to say I'm really feeling right now for, I have a bunch of single mom friends and those of you who are out there who are saying I am caregiving alone. How can I even do this? I just want you to know that I know it's so hard and you may not be able to have somebody who can trade off for nights, Mm -hmm. but, um, I, I do think that there's still power in having, a friend you can confide in Mm -hmm. and so even if you're in a stage where you're like I can't even delegate this what am I going to do then I think just sharing your heart with somebody else Mm -hmm. yeah can also help yeah definitely yeah anyway but those are my friends out there I I feel yeah Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about you Mm -hmm. okay I just want okay our last pillar here is passions how to, how to, passions are what, I mean, make us feel alive, and I think lots of times when we go into parenthood, we just extinguish all of those passions, the passions outside of ourselves. I heard a therapist say once, he's a marriage therapist, and he was talking about how oftentimes when we first find our romantic partner we're like two trains on tracks and we're both attracted to each other for different reasons we love what the other person is into we are just you know totally in love with them and then oftentimes what happens is once we get married or specifically when we start having children oftentimes whoever is the primary caregiver so whether it's the man or the woman that person just hops off their track and just hops on the other person's train mm-hmm. just gives up everything like you know what I'm doing this. I'm just going to hop on your train. We'll just go with your interests, whatever. But then the problem with that is um, we we talk about being one and unified, which is a good thing. This is just becoming the same person, which is not the same. Mm-hmm. There's interdependence, which is healthy, and there's codependence, which is not healthy, which is a whole different thing. I'm not even getting into that right now. But but then the problem is then you actually you, – you're losing your separation, and it actually isn't good for your marriage, and – then twenty years can go by and you're like, wait, who am I? What happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> where's my train? It's mm-hmm. back there, you know. You can, yeah, like you're saying too, you're drawn to
2: each other because you were different. You were different trains. Mm-hmm. So yes. once you become the same, then yes. it, it's not good for.
1: Because you're two. The idea is that you're two whole people mm-hmm. who are together as one, not two half people who have merged. And now, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. so I think although when you're in the young child stage, I'm not saying you got to have a strong passion that you are spending so much time on. I'm not saying that at all. But I think it's important to at least be aware what were my passions before children mm-hmm. and is there any way to incorporate them a little bit here? Again, picturing yourself like blowing on the embers of a fire mm-hmm. to keep yourself feeling alive. So an example in my own life for this is Um, I love to write. So although as my children have been young, I have not been actively writing a book for publication because it hasn't been my choice for that at this stage of my life. For me, keeping a space for my writing, actually spending time writing on a regular basis is part of that keeping those embers alive, Mm -hmm. right? I'm still improving my writing. Same thing with reading, or we've talked about like our five-year thing, my five-year... Uh, like project right now is positive psychology. I have still, with the young kids, been like researching positive psychology and reading and taking stuff about it, like as in courses and things, because although I'm not like actively going out right now and getting my PhD, which I kind of would like to sometime, I'm still holding a space for that and still growing in that area. So really there's no one way to do it, but, or even with A thing that you love to do. There's ways, I mean, like Felicia plays volleyball once a week. She could play, if it was just her passion that she could just go crazy with, she Mm -hmm. could play every day and love it. But right now for her stage, she plays once a week and Mm it keeps that ember glowing. So just kind of look for your passion and is there a way to find a space for it to keep those embers alive Mm -hmm. so you don't go 10 years and think, I just totally shut that off Mm -hmm. completely. Mm -hmm. Where do I start?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And don't get in a space of discouragement of because you're not doing it six days a week because mm-hmm. you are in a season that especially yeah. that young baby season you're not going to be so don't be don't let yourself get down and think well mm-hmm. throw on the baby with the bath water is that the right yeah throw, the baby. <laughs> throw <laughs> out yeah. the baby with the bath water. <laughs> yeah. i have no passions i'm just i'm just a mom that's mm-hmm. all i have because you do and they will come back that your fire will light Mm -hmm. (laughs) again and it could be it it could be reading
1: it could be i mean hiking is one of my passions Mm -hmm. that now i do with my kids but before it was just i did smaller hikes Mm -hmm. yoga has always been one of my passions Mm -hmm. and i just did yoga it was like in the morning twice a week you know mm-hmm. what i mean so it wasn't mm-hmm. something that was all consuming but yeah if you can have something that lights your fire that you make a little bit of space for we're actually going to go into this in depth in a few episodes from now mm-hmm. uh, it's called unicorn space which mm-hmm. i even like better than passions mm-hmm. but yeah yeah do you guys have any more about passions for your own no i
2: think cuz like i said at the beginning i think that's actually something that i'm that i am personally struggling with is just Feeling, because I, I do feel like being a mom to a new baby has consumed me in a really good way. I've really loved it. Yeah. But I think I don't want to be so consumed that it's like, who am, like, yeah. who am I? You yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And so I love that, that just thinking of a few things, it doesn't have to be all consuming the yeah. other way either because it is true that there's a reason why it is taking so much of my energy and time mm-hmm. being a mom. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's good again to carve out that space mm-hmm. to really think like, what am I passionate about? And then really making that happen.
0: Yeah, it's important. Yeah, I love it. All right, guys. Well, hopefully, some of these tips were helpful. Um, we and our stories, I think there definitely is a spectrum, and um, <laughs> hopefully, we covered some of it. All right, let's find the magic. <coughs> Brown cows.